Good morning, everyone. My name is Cassie, and I've been practicing here at the temple since August 2021. I am honored and intimidated to be giving a talk to my wonderful Sangha of the past year. For this talk, Reverend Wang Gong asked me to pick a passage from the two chapters in the scriptures of the Founding Master titled, The Principle of the Nature and Buddhahood. In these chapters related to discovering one's true nature, I found myself drawn to this koan. The Founding Master composed a verse for his disciples while staying at Thongne Hermitage. On the winding road up to Pyeongsang, a rock sits listening to the sound of a stream. Nothing, nothing, but no nothing either. Not, not, but not, not either. Then he said, if you understand what this means, you are a person who has awakened to the way. I started to contemplate this koan, hoping to reach an answer to form the basis of this talk. While contemplating, I noticed little moments of concurrence where parts of the koan paralleled my everyday life. I would accidentally put too much creamer in my coffee and think, this is not good, but it's not not good either. When my husband and I would tour an empty home for sale that had been previously lived in by a family, I would think, there's nothing here, but not nothing either. I recorded many of these little synchronicities, but still reached no answer. I tried to stay focused. I still hadn't answered this koan when I began last week's retreat at the Wan Dharma Center in New York. I was frustrated. I spent the first days of the retreat trying to sharpen and enjoy my practice. Occasionally, I would see another intersection with nature, scripture, or discussion that reminded me of my koan, which I would quickly record and then go about my day. I tried to await an answer patiently and deepened my focus even further. Are you wondering when I had my aha moment and found my answer? I'm here to tell you that I didn't. <laughs> what I did find after months of contemplation and a few days of intensive practice that I, was that I had unintentionally created a scrapbook of moments which had been memorialized because of their parallels to my koan. Moments that I would not have cherished mindfully had I not been contemplating this passage. Equipped with a few months of these journaled moments and with newly found extra downtime due to a sprained ankle, I began to review and focus even deeper. I'd like to share some excerpts of this little scrapbook that illustrate my contemplative stroll with this passage. On the winding road up to Pyeongsang, a rock sits listening to the sound of a stream. Nothing, nothing, but no nothing either. Not, not, but not not either. So here's the first one. Uh, I took my glasses off in the Dharma hall one day and I noticed how blurry my vision actually is. People appeared faceless and identical. Words and letters were indistinguishable from one another. While the grace of sight given to me by my glasses helps me enjoy the world's beauty in greater detail, I noticed that it has also caused attachment to sensory distinctions. In seeing the world without this detail, I was reminded that these sensory experiences are just form and not the full truth. From a sensory perspective, I could see nothing. From a practice perspective, I was not seeing nothing. So number two. 
When I was on an airplane in August, I looked out the window and saw that the sky was bare, save for just a few clouds. No people, no animals, no living things, just water vapor thin enough to pass your hand through. Nothing, nothing to see. Then I remembered that a cloud is not nothing, it's evaporated water from Earth. I thought of all the things this cloud had been, a roadway for swimming fish, puddles for children to stomp in, a hot shower after a tiring day of work. All of these sources somehow collect into a still, graceful cloud. I thought, although this cloud is floating by my window right now, the cloud will eventually become rain and live those past liquid lives once again. The cloud had initially seemed like nothing to me, but then it was not nothing. Number three. I emailed my dad, who is a former Taoist and physics student, uh, to see what he thought of this koan. He didn't reply for several days, and then finally after a week he sent a response. The unplucked string vibrates at all harmonics. My father is no longer identifying as a Taoist, and he is not a physicist in profession, but he is clearly not not those things either. Number four. I saw the sky gradually turn from black to blue each early morning at the Wandharma Center during morning meditation. I thought of the blue stream and the rocky earth, and I jotted this down. The stream bears a deep shade of blue, the color of the sky's promise of light just before dawn. Today the rock is a sphere, a miniature of its mother, the pale blue planet. The earth sits listening to the sound of an imminent dawn, the creation of the world. Number five. In a discussion break at the retreat of a group consisting of Reverend Sean and two lay practitioners, they were sharing meditation tips. The first group member shares her tip to the second group member, and then the second turns to Reverend Sean and says, what do you think of what she said? Reverend Sean replied, I was listening. This, I thought, must be the way that the rock listens to the stream. I wrote this in my journal after hearing that conversation. A rock sits by a stream, listening. For all it hears, it does not abide, does not respond. It is an attentive friend to the song of this rippling river. Two friends at true rest without transience. How grateful any of us would be to attain such an understanding. So at long last, I brought this talk to Reverend Wang Gong on the last day of the retreat. She then shared her reading of this passage with me. The rock is Sotesan, or any devoted practitioner of the way, listening to the stream. He uses the image of a rock to illustrate his true nature and to also depict an absence of arising thoughts. There is no mental chatter emerging from this deep listening, just complete and unabiding emptiness. So deep is this emptiness that even the concept of nothing ceases to be. I could not have appreciated the weight of this answer truly without the preceding months of contemplation. And it was even more meaningful when I considered the setting. This cathartic resolution came from my teacher on the last day of her retreat titled In Nature our true nature.
The next morning, while I was practicing walking meditation, I actually got to see what Reverend Wong Gong was talking about. Amid the struggle to ward off distracting thoughts, for no particular reason, I just decided to stop fighting. For a flash in that resignation, shorter than a blink, I felt that deep emptiness. I wasn't trying to focus on enjoying the world around me. I was just walking and nothing else. Not even nothing. I thought that peace was something to be acquired through hard work and focus. In that fleeting instant where I felt empty, I found that peace was actually the thing that was left behind. A passage from the scripture echoes this feeling I had. If your mind abides in a place that transcends transgressions and merits, suffering and happiness, then that place is paradise. This is the bookmark in my koan contemplation for the time being. The act of seeing the nature is not only held in poetic awakenings, but also in these little vignettes that arise from everyday life. We are not only on a journey of enlightening conversations with our teachers and meditation on mountaintops, but of long plane rides, emails to our parents, and sprained ankles. All circumstances are fruitful opportunities for our practice, from the romantic to the routine, from the focused to the relinquishing. In the chapter Doubts Clarified, Master Sote-san says that there are thousands of steps to the process of seeing the nature. So we'd better start now. Here's my final poem from my time at the Wandharma Center. As I watch the golden hour clouds change, I realize I am not seeing them change. They are new and the same with each fluttering of my eyelids. One translucent cloud shows lines of blue sky traced throughout. Like the veins of a leaf, the creases in my palm, the route of birds in southbound flight, and the path to enlightenment. All these are also new and the same with each blessed blink. Thank you very much.